Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram Hoyle is Yitzchak. These are the stories, these are the generations of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. Avram is the father of Yitzchak. So it's obviously repetitive, it's redundant. Yitzchak is the son of Avram, first of all, we know that anyway. But even if you want to say that was his last name, Ben Avram, okay? And then it says, Avram Hoyle is Yitzchak. What, what, the, what the Pusik seems to be telling us is that we have to understand that there's a very strong Kesha, a very strong relationship between Avram and Yitzchak, besides just being father and son. The, 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 what Avram Avinu means and what he represents in terms of Avodah Hashem and our personal development, and what Yitzchak Avinu means in terms of Avodah Hashem and our personal development, they're bound to each other. They're bound to each other. So let's investigate a little bit of what Avram Avinu means and what Yitzchak Avinu means in terms of Avodah Hashem, in terms of our own personal growth. And uh, we'll see how they relate to each other. All right, so you know, when it comes to Avram and Yitzchak, uh, an interesting way how to go about like sort of studying them and understanding what they mean in terms of the soul would be to look at the children that they produced. Not the good children, not like Yitzchak and Yaakov, but the, the ones on the other side, Yishmol versus Esau. And that's really what our parsha is also about. Obviously, Esau is a major personality in the parsha with the whole story of the brachas and so on. And even we have him trying to connect to Yishmol, right? At the end of the parsha, Esau marries the daughter of Yishmol, Machlas Bas Yishmol. And so let's, let's, let's take a look at Yishmol versus Esau. And I think there's something very interesting that you see when you sort of compare and contrast them. Which one was worse? Which one is a greater enemy to the Jewish people? So, it's interesting. Yishmol, Chazal say, on the one hand, there is something very special about Yishmol, and there's something about him that was not terribly terrible, that was not so bad. Chazal say that Yishmol, at the end of his life, did tshuva. Yishmol did tshuva at the end of his life, and in fact, you see this in the end of the parsha that when, Av- when, um, when Avram Avinu uh, when Avram Avinu is Nifter, so Yitzchak, Yitzchak and Yishmol bury Avram Avinu, and it's clear, because I'll make a point of this, the Pasuk Yibid indicates this, that Yishmol humbled himself before Yitzchak. They allowed Yitzchak to be the, the, the one in charge sort of, of, the, of, the, of the Levi and so on, even though Yishmol was older, he gave cover to Yitzchak, and that was a simon of the tshuva that he, that he experienced. So yeah, Keturah, right? His mother did tshuva, Yishmol does tshuva. Now, by Esau, we don't find such a thing that, Yish- that Esau does tshuva. So, that would seem to indicate that Yishmol was greater, had a higher level, and was more influenced by Avram Avinu than Esau was influenced by Yitzchak. Right? Because Avram Avinu was able to influence Yishmol to such a degree that at least at the end of his life he does tshuva. Whereas Esau doesn't have that. Now, Mitzat Shein, on the other hand, we find there's something unique in terms of how Yitzchak was able to influence Esav, as opposed to how Avram was unable to influence Yishmol, in the following way. We know that Yishmol, no part of him is buried in Mars Machpelah. Whereas Esav, we know that his head is buried in Mars Machpelah. Now, it's interesting, that, that, the whole story behind Esav's head being buried in Mars Machpelah, we know that it was at the time where Yaakov was, uh, you know, Yaakov was Nifter, they were burying him, in uh, Mars Machpel and so on, and Esav comes, and it's a whole thing, he puts up the fight, and we know that he eventually is killed by Chushin ben Don, you know, Yaakov's grandson, and the Gemara says, Chazal say that his head rolled into Mars Machpel. Now, 
that can't just be a coincidence. The Gemara tells us in a number of places we have a general rule that ain't, that you're not allowed to have a Russia buried next to a tzaddik. More than that you're not allowed to, Chazal, we have stories of this where where you have you would have people, not necessarily Rishon, but just people that were not the biggest of tzaddikim, that were mistakenly buried next to Tanaim, next to certain Tanaim and Amaraim, and miraculously, miraculously, the person was resurrected just in order to leave. There's stories like this, even from by Nevi'im, the Gemara talks about stories like this. So, so if the halacha is that you can't bury a Russian next to a tzaddik, right? And more than that, we find that by big big tzaddikim, miracles actually happened to ensure that a Russian wouldn't be buried next to them. So the fact that Asa's head is buried in Maris Machpelah must tell you that the head of Asa was sanctified, was, was not a Russia, was not uh, unholy. It was taka, the, the influence of, Yis, of Yitzchak over Yishma, over Asa was able to sanctify the head of Asa. And we don't find that when it comes to Yishma. Another thing we find by Esau that we don't find by Yishmael, actually, yeah. By the brachos, he says, Yedayim That could be indicative of this Nakuda, right? It doesn't mention the head. Right. But here's the question, though. If Avram Avinu's influence over Yishmael was so great, that Arkidekach, that Yishmael at the end of the day did tshuva, then, and Esau's influence, and Yishmael's influence over Esau was Arkidekach, that his head was able to be buried in Mars Nachpela, then why don't we find the head of Yishmael? Being buried in Mars Why don't we find Esav doing tshuva? It's like Mitzrayach Avram's influence was able to motivate tshuva, and Esav's and Yitzchak's influence was able to change the head of, of Esav. Why, why the difference? We also find another interesting nekuda. I think that you know Chazal say that Yishmol had the halachic status of a guy, 100 percent. Never at any point did Yishmol have the status of a yid. Not so with Esav. Esav Chazal call him a Yisrael mummer, a yid that went off. Now it's true that once they become bar mitzvah and sort of they make that choice, if Yaakov chooses to be a Yid, and Esav chooses to go off, then he's no longer considered to be a Yid. But at least for the time being, he definitely had at some point the status of Yisrael. He was given a bris at eight days, he was given the status of, Yish- of, of, of Yisrael. So again, we don't find that with Yishmael either. So this is like a little bit of the stira. Uh, on the one hand, we have a Maila that Yishmael has in terms of the Kedusha that was imbued within him by his father and, 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 you know, and his stepmother, the fact that he does tshuva, but mitzad sheni by Esav, and Esav you don't have that quality. But mitzad mitzad sheni, Esav has has the influence of his parents in terms of the fact that his head is buried in Maras Machpelah, and for whatever time it was, for those number of years, he was considered a Yisrael. So how do we figure this out? Another interesting nakuda that we find a difference between between um, between Avram Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu is also in the parasha, which is in terms of whether they're allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael, right? We know there's a famine in Parshas Lach Lecha. After Avraham gets the land, there's a famine, and what happens? So he goes to Mitzrayim, and Hashem doesn't stop him. Adarab, but he goes to Mitzrayim, he's successful, he comes out of Mitzrayim with a lot of wealth, and it was a good thing. Mitzat Sheni, when it comes to Yitzchak, there's also a famine, and Hashem says, you want to do what Avraham Avinu was going to do, I'm not allowing that, you have to stay in Eretz Yisrael. So there's different interpretations, different reasons. One famous thing is that he was a carbon because of the Akeda, and therefore there would be a, a psul, there would be a, a psul that would, that would kick in if you were to leave the boundaries of Kedusha's arts. But, uh, another thing that we find with Avram versus Yitzchak is that with Avram Avinu, we find that at least the Parnassah that, that we see him involved with 
was mostly with cattle. That, that seems to be the pernas that he had of livestock. It mostly came from Mitzrayim, livestock. When it comes to Yitzchak Avinu, we see that the occupation he had was with uh, planting, more agricultural, Yisra, he plants and he has Me'asharim, the hundredfold of what he planted, he was Matzliach in that. Certainly he had cattle from, from his father, that's for sure, but the Pasuk talks about his ability to plant, and we also find this preoccupation with Yitzchak in terms of digging wells. Right, there's another thing that we find, again, not so with, with Avram Avinu. Even though Avram Avinu had wells, but it's not a major focus of his entire life. It seems to be like a major ending with, with Yitzchak Avinu. So how do we, so all these Nakudas, there's something, so it's, putting all this together or laying it out on the table, there's something different between Avram and Yitzchak. There's something different within themselves. Avram Avinu goes out of Eretz Yisrael, Yitzchak doesn't. Avram Avinu is involved with cattle, Yitzchak is involved with more, with uh, like farming. Uh, and the wells of Yitzchak Avinu, and in terms of the influence they have on their children, is very different. On the one hand, there seems to be a Maila of Yitzchak's influence on, on Esav, Mitzat Sheni, a Maila of Avram Avinu's influence on Yishmael. So how do we put this together? Okay, so, this is the idea. In the Sorak Tashim, we find that there's two levels of hashpa that one Yid could have on another, a parent to a child, friends, husband and wife, you name it. Any level of ashba, there's always two levels of ashba. One is called where the mashpia gives over to the makabal, to the recipient, what's called an ormakif, a surrounding light. That's one type of ashba. The other type of ashba that we find is when the person is mashpia, what's called an arpinim, an inner light. What's the difference? And by the way, both these things are happening, for example, by chasen and kala. That's one of the fundamental differences between kedushin and nesuin. By kedushin, the relationship is being forged, it's called an armakif. An armakif. Nesuin is called an arpinimi. Okay, what does this mean? So a very simple, give a very pushed uh, example. There are some times in a person's life where a person finds themselves in a very inspiring and uplifted and holy environment. Let's say you go to a tzaddik, right? You go to a tzaddik or you go to a a holy experience, you go to a Fabrengen or, or a Siam, or you go to a Minion, right? And, well, that's what I'm not going to say, you know, whatever. So it's such a thing. So when you go to such places like that, all of a sudden, the sta- your personal standards are raised. Sometimes they're raised just because that's what everyone else is doing, so you have to sort of uh, follow, the, the, follow the, the, you know, what everyone's doing. But, some, but more than that, very often, within yourself, you feel that your standards are higher because you're in a holy atmosphere, in a holy environment. But then what invariably happens is that when you leave the tzaddik's audience, or the Fabrengen's over, or the shir's over, then what? Then usually you go back to the way you were. So how do we define what just happened there, like during that time? Again, if it was just a matter of conforming, you know, everyone's davening, so I'll daven. You know, everyone's uh, learning, so I'll learn. Everyone's chuckling and singing, so I'll sing along. If it's just conforming, it's just conforming. Then obviously nothing happened. But we're talking about, no, sometimes a person really feels that they, that they were changed. Like something really, they, they feel different during that and during that uh, audience with the tzaddik. But yet, ultimately, it goes away when, when you're gone. So what, what, how do we explain that? The explanation is as follows, that what happened during the time that you were in that holy environment, by the tzaddik or whatever, that was a real thing. But what's happening is, is that the tzaddik was being mashpi on you, or that environment was being mashpi on you, what's called an armakif, a surrounding light. A surrounding light means 
a level of light, a level of Kedusha, that's not penetrating the very core of who you are to change, you from, to change who you are from within, from sort of bottom up. It's not. This is a light that's sort of descending upon you from above to below. And you're sort of getting swept up in the madrega, or at least partially in the madrega of the tzaddik that you're in front of. Or you're getting swept up in the madrega of the general oilam that you're a part of. And that's a real hashpa. That's not insignificant. That's a real hashpa. But that's a hashpa that, is, that has a maila and a chasarin. The chasarin of such a hashpa is that because it's not, it's not penetrating your very essence, it's not... Uh, it's, it's not changing you from within. So because of that, when you're taken out of the environment, you go back. Mitzat however, this level of hashbav and armakiv could, at least for the time being, raise you up to madregas that, that otherwise would take you years to reach. So this is such a phenomenon where a person very quickly, very quickly and very somewhat easily, being in the right atmosphere, in the right place, can, can, can be... It could be like sort of upgraded a lot of madregas, and for that time being, it's le- legitimately and truthfully you're holding in a big place. But ultimately, the madregas that you're experiencing are since they're coming from an armakif generated from the sviva around you, and they're not constricted. They're not. They're not being. They're not. They're not custom made to who you are. It's just that you are entering into this atmosphere of kedusha. So on the one hand. It can take you to very high places that would take otherwise years to reach. But mitzad echad, mitzad sheni, it's not yours. And when, therefore, when you leave that atmosphere, it goes back. Avram Avinu's inyan was an armakif. Avram Avinu, for example, Chazal say, when Hashem said in the beginning of creation, Yehi or let there be light, Chazal say, Zavram, that's Avram. The light of creation, was, it wasn't the sun even, it was the light that the Chazal said you could see from one end of the universe to the other. That's a surrounding light. That's a light that envelops all of creation all at once. Avram Avinu, therefore we find this, that Avram Avinu's life, his dream, was not to have a specific people. Avram Avinu's dream was, Lu Avram Avinu wanted the whole world to be converted. Avram Avinu was very big. Avram Avinu saw from that forest perspective. And Avram Avinu's influence, therefore you find this, that Avram Avinu's influence over Yishmael was one of an armakif. That, that Yishmo, wherever Yishmo went, the surrounding light of Avram Avinu traveled with him. Now that is a maila. The maila of that is, is that that light of Avram Avinu was so powerful, and it could, it could raise, and it, and it did, it raised Yishmo to Madregas that, that, that technically were way above him. So Yishmo does tshuva at the end of his life. And Avram Avinu humbles himself, and, and I'm sorry, and Yishmo humbles himself to Yitzchak. And that... That madrega that Yishmael reaches is because of the unbelievable influence and the, just the, the overwhelming presence of Avram Avinu in Yishmael's life, so much so that even after Avram Avinu was nifter, Yishmael was still affected by that. But at the end of the day, Yishmael himself was not changed. This was he, he, the tshuva that he did, the avoida that he did, and the madregas that he might have reached at the end of his life, it was because of that atmosphere that Avram Avinu put him, put him under. But Yishmol himself is unchanged. And because of that, never at any point does he have a status of a Yid. He doesn't have that status. Um, this is why Avram Avinu, his preoccupation in life was with animals. Animals roaming, roaming, traveling, n- nomadic on some level. Avram Avinu himself is, is nomadic. He travels all the way to Chutzlarts. The light of Avram Avinu doesn't, it, it, since it doesn't have to penetrate the very core and the very essence of 
what it comes in contact with. So it doesn't mind. It could be in chutzlarts too. You understand? It doesn't that 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 sviva, that ormaka, that surrounding light. You want to put a yishmol in it, You want to put this guy in it. Put chelp in it. Put all sorts of it, because it's it it the light of Avram Avinu. When you have a Fabregan, the more the merrier, the, because it's 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 not about trying to fit into the consciousness of the individual people to change them from within. We are creating in an atmosphere, an environment that's bigger than everyone anyway. And so everyone comes in, and for the time being, you're elevated. So Avram Avinu can travel to Chutzlarts, and his light isn't, isn't uh, dulled by that. Because his light was a light that, that wasn't trying to fit into the particular place anyway. It was just a surrounding light from one end of the universe to the other. That's Avram Avinu. Yitzchak is very different. If Avram Avinu was a surrounding light, and that was his influence... Yitzchak Avinu means in our Pneum an inner light. Now an inner light is a different type of different type of hashba. An inner light means a more focused, a more constricted approach where the tzaddik is mashpia on the Talmud, not in this way of like, you're in my audience and therefore you're going to be uplifted by just being in my presence. The second way of the Arpnimi is that Sadiq is giving specific and small doses to his Talmidim in a way that they could digest it, in a way that it penetrates who they are and it changes them from within. Whereas Avram Avinu, you can just sort of describe it as a light that comes from above to below, which just overwhelms everything below, but it doesn't really change it either. Whereas Yitzchak Avinu is a light that sort of goes from below to above. It's a it's a pill that Yitzchak that, that his that you know that that his tell me to eat, huh? What's better? So the truth is, it's hard to say what's better, because ultimately that's what we're going to see with Yaakov Avinu. You need both, because on the one hand, the there's a Mila in Yitzchak, right? In the fact that 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 the person himself has changed from within. And therefore, just going back for a second, that's why you find that the preoccupation of Yitzchak is what? Is, is, is agricultural, is, is farming. Something that grows, it grows from the ground, bottom up. Not an overwhelming light, and it's not a nomadic lifestyle either. Yitzchak cannot go to chutzlars because the light of Yitzchak is a light that's specific and custom-made to the makabal, to the specific receiver. And therefore, the receiver has to be, it has to be worthy of receiving that. And because of that, Chutzlaretz was not a place for the light of, of Yitzchak, because the light of Yitzchak wouldn't, can't be consumed by the place of Chutzlaretz. It's not a shidduch. Chutzlaretz was not ready to receive that light. The light of Avram Avinu is, it's overwhelming anyway. It doesn't, it, it doesn't recognize different madregas of whether you're holding or not holding. The Vibranga is happening. It might as well come. You know? Whereas opposed to Yitzchak, it's more custom made. And that madrega, there's, there's more of a discerning eye who's able to receive who's holding by receiving that light, who's, able to, who's ready to be changed from within and who's not. This is why Esau, the child of Yitzchak, was influenced by the light of, by the light of, of, of Yitzchak Avinu. And for the time being, for those years, he was called a Yid. Not like Yishmael that, that he himself never became a Yid. He was always just, Yishmael was always just under the spell of Avram Avinu. And that's Gavaldic, but he himself was never changed. Esav was changed and because of that he has the status of a Yid but here's the Nakuda. this is where Avram Avinu has a Mila over Yitzchak because Yitzchak's light is, is more Mugbal, more Mutsumsa, more specific and needs the recipient to accept it the light of Yitzchak was only able to 
get to the head of Esav. Right? Remember we said before that the head of Esav makes its way to Mar Whereas Yishmol, his whole essence, he did shuv, his whole body did shuv. So, so why didn't the whole body of Yishmol end up in Mar But that's the difference. Mm-hmm. When you're influenced by the Ormakiv, so Mitzad Echad, it's not you. So it's not your Madregas. But Mitzad Sheni, to whatever extent you're able to sort of be Mishtatev and be a part of that experience, you're, it, it's, it's your entirety that's, that's part of that experience. And every part of you is uplifted. Albeit, albeit it's, you're being uplifted because of the experience. But when it comes to Yitzchak, the person is being changed. But because it's a real change that's happening from within, then Lavdavka is there a guarantee that every single part of you is going to be changed. It's going to be much more mitzumsa, much more constricted to specific parts of your Yiddishkeit that you're able to, that you're holding by fixing, and certain parts not. This is why you find this, that there are certain moments of inspiration, like, like I give the example, give it for bring it, or whatever the case may be, when you're in the only of a tzaddik. Tonight, guys. That's What do you think I'm talking about for bring? So, yeah, that's Hashem, yeah. So, uh, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Every, every, every Thursday night, it's always for bringing by you. That's what it is. Well, it's, you know. So the, all the voices inside. Yeah. So when it, come, when it comes to that type of experience, the growth that a person can have, every single part of the person's Yiddishkeit can, can be accelerated to higher madrigas. But again, it, it, it's not his. Mitzat when it's a Yitzchak of Yenitikin, so then whatever growth that you have is mamish yours, but Lavdavka is every part of you growing. It's more mugbal to particular areas. And this is the, this is the difference between Yitzchak and Yishmol. And this is why, again, Esav, his head is completely changed by Yitzchak and gets to Mars Machpelah, but that light of Yitzchak did not penetrate anywhere lower than just his head. Then comes Yaakov Avinu. See, Yaakov Avinu is an amazing thing. Yaakov Avinu says in Pasuk, he's Yoshev Olam. He sits in the tents of Avram and Yitzchak. Yaakov Avinu is the synthesis of both. Yaakov Avinu learns how you go to Avraham, you experience that Armakiv, that's the Avram Avinu, but then you take that experience and you then try to internalize it at least to a certain degree. It's not practical and it's not real to think that the entire inspiration you had in the audience of a tzaddik or by the Fabrengen or by those big experiences, it's not practical to think that you're going to internalize every aspect of it. Because that's the nature of an Ormaka, the nature of a Ramavinu is that it's all-encompassing but it's not yours. What you then have to do is take that overwhelming experience and then transition to Yitzchak and take at least a part of it and make it yours. And at least sanctify your head or your hands or your feet. And then what you're doing is synthesizing, is bringing together. You take the general surrounding light of Avram and you take that surrounding light and you turn that into whatever degree is possible. You turn that into an inner light. And slowly but surely, that's how you ascend. Because ultimately, what you're able to do with time is that every single part of that surrounding light could ultimately be turned into an inner light. Then you have to upgrade your fabrengas. Then you have to upgrade the tzaddikim that you go to. And then you experience a, a greater surrounding light. And then you slowly but surely turn that into an inner light. And then you upgrade your fabrengas again. And that's how you ascend. This is the secret of Nasa Vinishma. When the Jewish people said Nasa Vinishma, what does Nasa Vinishma mean? Nasa means inner light. Nasa means we are going to, to change from within. We're going to make serious, serious changes to who we are and to grow internally, like Yitzhak. And from there, we're going to attach ourselves to an even greater surrounding light, that's called Nishma. 
we'll hear, we'll listen, we'll just experience something bigger than us. And that's the progression that he goes through. Eilu told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram hoi lez Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak have to be bound together. And this is, this is the progression of how he grows. You first allow yourself to be swept up in something bigger than you and recognize that at that time, it, it, you know, on the one hand, for that time, you're being elevated to higher places, but it's not yours yet. And then you take that inspiration, you take that experience, and you make real, specific, but small changes based on that. And then you're slowly but surely uniting these two worlds of Avram and Yitzchak. And that's Bezah Hashem what you want. You, what, what you want to be is to be someone that's able to bring the two together, to be Yaakov Vino, Ishtam, Yeshevalnu. Hashem should help us, you should to grow. And that's the that's the Chadvarm, or Makif, or Pnimi, or Makif again, or Pnimi again. Okay, she's up to come in.